Are you a professional woman who wants to create passive income streams and financial freedom through real estate investing? Join us here on Real Estate Investor Goddesses, hosted by Monique Holm. Listen to women who are rocking it in real estate investments as they share their stories of success, failures, and best advice in real estate investing. Start creating real wealth through real estate. Tune in today. Here's your host, real estate investor, syndicator, and developer, Monique Holm. When did you start writing? My eighth grade English teacher told me I was going to be a famous speaker and writer. I thought she was crazy. So Really? Was, she did? Even when I started public accounting, I helped them write training manuals. And I was always involved in nonprofits, helping them write curriculum and teaching volunteers. So it's kind of just been always part of me. I started a woman's magazine, so I did some writing. Then I built the Talking Children's Books. And so I was writing that. But then when I got into the financial education arena, that's really when I got serious about writing. So 25 books later, here we are. So probably say that you're pretty serious at this point. <laughs> Your eighth grade teacher, she knew it. She saw it coming. She apparently did. Mrs. Bosch. Yep. I was totally math oriented. And she said, oh, no, you got more going on than just math. So how did you get started in real estate investing? Well, actually, if I think back when I was a little kid, my parents, I lived in a little tiny house between my mom's beauty shop and my dad's used car lot. He had rental properties and I had to go scrub out rental properties in between tenants. So I swore I would never invest in real estate. I swore I would never be an entrepreneur. And that's when I started my career as a CPA, got my degree in accounting and became up and coming in a big eight accounting firm at the time. And about the ripe old age of 25, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm working for someone else. I'm working long hours. So I really, that was really when I started my entrepreneurial journey, which includes businesses as well as real estate, because most people make their wealth in real estate, but almost all wealthy individuals preserve their wealth through real estate. And so yeah. it's something that I've been involved in a long time. And I'm, my first investment property, I think I probably bought when I was about 35, but always had invested in REITs and that type of real estate. Because I believe when we talk about diversification, a lot of personal financial planners talk about diversification through different types of paper assets. Yes. And when I teach diversification, it's across all assets, businesses, real estate, paper, intellectual property. That's how you can best protect yourself from economic downturns. So. I'm so excited to talk to you because you heard so many of your books and ones in your own name or that you've ghostwritten, They Can Grow Rich. So They Can Grow Rich, probably nine out of 10 or eight out of 10 of the women I interview on this show who are successful real estate investors. And I go, what made you start investing in real estate? And often it's, well, I got this little purple book and I started reading it and that completely shifted my paradigm. And I thought, okay, this is something I need to do. And I started getting into real estate investing. And so, so much of what you've taught have really shifted. Well, so much of what you've written about has really shifted people's paradigms. And one of those things it, you were just talking about, we're not taught we're taught, yeah, diversification, but as you said, it's all amongst stocks or bonds, and which isn't truly diversified. So can you just share a little bit more about that? And a lot of people don't, they're never taught that, so they don't understand. 
Well, people don't, you know, it's not what you do for your paycheck, it's what you do with your paycheck that really determines your, your future and your success. Yeah. And school teaches us to be, to exchange time for money, to be an employee or self-employed individual. And that's yeah. not where true wealth comes from because there's only so many hours in the day, so many days in the week. True wealth comes from buying, building, or creating assets. And asset is my favorite word on earth, assets. Assets are sexy because particularly the older you get, the sexier they are. But that's become economic engines that generate income for you. And so I always want people to think about where are you in building assets? Most of us are only asset. If we don't get out of bed and go to work, we don't get paid. And I want to change that paradigm to think instead of spending your time for money, let's invest your time and don't chase the money, chase the asset. Buy, build, or create income producing assets. Because once it starts rolling, it's continuing to give you money. And so it's so important for people to be realistic with where they are financially. And then set the course. And there's a lot of us out there that want to support you in finding how to invest in real estate, how to build a business, and create long-term success that can then be generational wealth. Because a lot of people have a successful business, but if they don't understand how, to make, how that make that sustainable and scalable, then you can have it saleable to create generational wealth. So it's really important. And real estate is a wonderful way, particularly with what's happening in the world right now. You know, there's going to be a real upturn in residential rental prices. And so now's the time to get in low interest rates. There's never been a better time to get involved in real estate than now. Yeah. I also love that real estate is a business. Mm-hmm. So you got to get both. It's an inve- it can be, well, depending on how you invest in it, but it can be an investment and a business. What are your current investments? Well, I have a lot of different investments. My husband, we make, if you read the cash flow quadrant book that I wrote in Rich Dad series, mm-hmm. the right side is an employer, self-employed person. On the right side is businesses and investments. We pay mm-hmm. far more money on the right side. We have multiple investments, both personally and through as an investors in other people's businesses and other in real estate. And so we have tons of different investments. I don't know where you want me to start. We have companies <laughs> that we are partial owners. We own 11 companies of our own. So we continue to, every time we buy a piece of real estate, it becomes an asset. And we want to make sure that it's continuing to work for us. We own a ranch called Cherry Creek Lodge in Young, Arizona, three hours outside Phoenix. And when we bought it, it was because my husband wanted to have a survival property, but we bought it and I said, we have to make it an asset. So now we have cattle, we have people see cows, I see assets. (laughs) We have a lodge that people can come and stay. They can do business retreats. We have horseback riding, ATV. So again, everything, you know, we walk the talk, everything we create becomes income producing. I love that. And I love that focus on making it so that everything you own is an asset. And a lot of people think, so I'll I'll talk about my mission is to help 1 million women create financial freedom through real estate investing. And I'll, I'll talk to women that go, oh yes, I want to invest in real estate. I'm working on buying my own home. And I go, that's not an asset. (laughs) Assets put money into your pocket. Your home takes money out of your pocket, unless you're using it as Airbnb or rental or you house hack and you have, you know, people renting out. We got a lot of, we got a lot of pushback on that when we wrote Rich Dad Poor Dad, because we basically assets feed you, liabilities eat you, and your house is not an asset. 
And a lot of people push back on that. But too many people buy the big house and then they have to continue to work hard. And if they lose their job, they end up losing the house. So yeah. have a house they can enjoy, but that extra money you get in that bonus or that raise, buy rental properties. And then you can buy the bigger house and let those rental properties pay for your house. So that's the idea. What's your thought on buying a house first before you focus on assets? Well, the answer is it depends, the famous accountant answer, because <laughs> what your circumstances are, what your future is, if you know you're going to be in an area for, for a long term and you can find a good deal on a house, there's no reason not to buy a house. Because a buy a house is, if it appreciates, you're going to get the value. Rent just goes away. You have to evaluate the two and to say which is better. The issue most people find themselves in is they buy the big house right away. And it becomes a, a noose around their neck. It becomes a, you know, it holds them back because so much money is being poured into the house that they can't use additional funds to do investments. So always have money that goes into an investment account. There's nothing wrong with owning your own home. Obviously, there's with the, you end up with the appreciation. You've got the interest rates are very low. The issue is getting too big a house. So pay yeah. attention to what you're doing. You want to have enough house so that if it would otherwise be going to rent, at least if it's coming to you, then you're growing something, but not so much that you are stuck servicing the house. <laughs> you can't invest in anything else. And I know a lot of people, they'll refinance and they put more money back into their house. They refinance, they fix up their kitchens and their bathrooms, and it's just, it goes back into that liability. Let me ask you a question, and I ask all my guests this one. This is my favorite question because I find I get the most gold from it. What was your biggest mistake in your real estate investing career and what did you learn from it? Well, every mistake is these it comes Napoleon Hill said out of every adversity comes a seed of an equal or greater benefit. I don't really consider making mistakes. I have learning opportunities. When two thousand and seven and eight crash happened, we were very lucky we had sold our apartment complexes. So we were really, really in good shape there. We had investment in a commercial property that we ended up losing a million dollars on by selling that. But at the same time, when you look at the lifetime of when we held it, we made probably five or six million dollars from it. So I look at it and say, yeah, it hates, it's not very fun to lose a million dollars on one property. But it was not a mistake to buy that property. It was net positive. Yeah. Yeah. So you always have to look at it and make sure that you're making the decisions right. You're doing your due diligence. You're paying attention. Don't overextend yourself. At the end of the day, you want to be able to put your head on the pillow at night and not be worried about where you are financially. And that's where right now I'm actually promoting, I'm doing a podcast, Women Investment Network, related to real estate. I want people, particularly women, to be a little more, more confident in it and find the tools and find the right education. So I'm glad that you're doing this, Monique, because you have the opportunity to help people understand what they need to do to invest in real estate. But it's a perfect time to get into real estate investing. Because, you know, to, if you want to be recession-proof, residential rental real estate is the way to go right now. Because a lot of yeah. people are losing their homes. A lot of people are losing their jobs. But they need somewhere to live. But make sure you're in a state that is landlord-friendly. That's always the second issue they need to think about. So. Yeah, I live in California, not so landlord-friendly. <laughs> I don't invest in California <laughs> just because of that is great. Texas is great. Florida is great. You know, you want to make sure you find states that are going to be landlord friendly. Yes, for sure. 
So can I ask you a little bit more about this learning opportunity that you had with this commercial property that where lost a million? What would you have done differently if you had to do it again? Well, there wasn't much you could have done differently. We did everything that I teach. and We, we had a long-term government tenant and they broke the lease. So it was one of those things. And okay. so when you have a large, and it was a very large property. So we never missed a payment, but because we ended up hitting the loan value ratio because of the crash, they called the loan. And so that's where we could have lost the property, but we instead we did a short sale on it with an organization that was willing to pick it up. And so we were able to save the situation. But you have to be prepared for things that are outside your control. We had everything the way that we teach it. Long-term, grade A client, government long-term lease, and yet it disappeared overnight at a point in time when we couldn't find another tenant because of what was happening in the economy. Yeah. Sometimes things like 2008 or what's happening now, right now it will happen and you can't predict that. I can tell you right that was a commercial property. It's an office building. And yeah. I can tell you right now, we are not investing in anything commercial and I'm so thrilled. I thank myself. Thank the stars every night because right now commercial property is going to be very tough. A lot of the big box stores and big malls are going to turn into being fulfillment centers. So there's a big question mark on where commercial properties are going. A lot of office buildings are now losing tenants because people are working virtually from home. Yeah. But long-term residential rental is definitely going to remain strong. Agreed. We have some industrial property and that's doing very well. But um, industrial property is great because we're bringing a lot of manufacturing back from international, bringing back to the U.S. So industrial is strong. It's retail is more the my concern. Even residential rental properties, if it's student housing, I wouldn't get it right now because we don't know what's happening with all the universities. So every market niche, you have to really pay attention and be aware of what's happening in the economy. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question. Uh, what are you most proud of? You've done so much in your life. What are you most proud of? I'm most proud of the very next phone call that I get or the fact that you started our conversation today even before we were taping for the interview about how grateful you are for the things that I wrote and the impact that it had. Your comment today is, is what I'm grateful for. It's always the next phone call. I grew up with a father who asked me every night, Sharon, have you added value to someone's life today? And so um, today, I can go to bed tonight. I still ask myself that question. And today, when I go to bed, I'm going to remember that you said that to me. So I'm <laughs> pretty good. Goddess, have you been sitting on the sidelines and you're now ready to get started investing in real estate? If so, join me for my free online training, how to get started in real estate investing as a busy professional woman. Go to tinyurl.com forward slash W-R-E-I-G to register for our complimentary training and to learn how to get investing in real estate like a goddess today. See you there. Well, you should be proud of that. I know you've changed millions and millions and millions of lives with the books that you've written, mine included. And I think I said it before we started rolling that I feel like 80%, 90% of the women that I interview on the show, when I ask them, how did they get started? They mentioned Rich Dad Poor Dad, which you ghostwrote. I actually did not ghostwrite that. I own the company and I was co-author on 15 of the books in this Rich Dad series. Okay. I have never been a ghostwriter, never will. My name's always on the book. Okay, sorry. But you did write it. 
too? Yes. Or did he yes, co-wrote it? Okay. All right. I wrote all the Rich Dad books, 15 of them. After I left the company a few years ago, he reprinted the books and took my name off of them, but I was never a ghostwriter. I was definitely on there. All okay. The well, that's shameful because you wrote them. Okay. So, but anyway, I won't go into that. But so your book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, has changed many people's lives. Mine included, and many, many, many of the women that I interview on this show can directly point to that book as changing their lives and being why they are here and they're successful. So I'm very grateful for that. They should be very proud of that. And hopefully you'll recommend that they read Think and Grow Rich for Women because it truly is a book that can support them in finding, realizing that they're not alone. Successful women everywhere want to help other people. I highlight over 300 women and think of rich for women. So. I've read that book. That's a wonderful one, T. And I see the other one that I just read. Uh, Winning the Devil? The Devil, Outwitting the Devil. I was like, Devil, Devil. <laughs> yeah. Now that is a life-changing book. It definitely was. It was written by Napoleon Hill in 1938, but the title scared his wife to death. She worked for the Presbyterian College. So it got locked in the vault for 72 years. And the foundation called me and said, we have this manuscript, we don't know what to do with it. And it was pretty life-changing for me, actually. And I was thrilled to bring it out because even though it was written in 1938, it was really written for what's happening in the world today. Because on page so 61, current. On page 61, the devil who's being interrogated says, at some point in your life, I'm going to be using the fear of death and the fear of poverty to bring people to their knees. And what is happening in 2020? People are scared to death of this pandemic. They're scared to death of the economy and what's happening. And so we are living it right now. And in the book, Outwitting the Devil, we talk about how you can turn that fear into focus and into fuel to drive forward and create success. Because the Great Depression, many of today's most successful companies were started in the Great Depression. So we are there again. And so this is the time to solve a problem or serve a need. That's what makes a successful company. And we have the opportunity. So instead of being frozen and paralyzed by the fear, get motivated and turn that fear into fuel and create the opportunity so that you'll be the success starter we'll be talking about next year. That was so golden. <laughs> I was like, I just, I'm going to like rewind that part and just keep listening. It's really good. And that's such a powerful book. It's, yeah, it's brilliant. Really, really is life-changing. Like so many other ones. Sharon, to what do you attribute your success? Well, success, my definition of success is not just money in the bank. Definitely successful that way. But I think success is how you feel about yourself when you look in the mirror and really has nothing to do with your reflection. Success is is where do you want to be in life and are you making a contribution? Are you living a life of significance? Because I think success comes from significance. You can be successful and have a lot of money and have a black heart. I want to be successful, have a lot of money so I can give a lot of away and help other people, but I want to have a heart that's full and a family that's happy and be able to feel good about myself when I go to bed at night. And that's what success is. And my goal is to help as many other people. One of my greatest joys are the people that I mentor. Most of my career was doing one-to-many writing, doing speaking, and because that's the right side of the quadrant. Right. Left yeah. side of the quadrant is one-to-one mentoring. Well, I now have the opportunity at this point in my life to help people one-on-one, help step into their business and create the world that they desire and open doors for them, make introductions. And the greatest joy I have is when clients, I have a client 
in real estate. She now has several hundred million dollars worth of property. She just bought a private island in BVI. I'm absolutely thrilled for her. She's in her 30s. I have another client who just signed a deal with a major Fortune 500 company. And that's because they have the courage. So many times, the personal success equation, you guys can go to personalsuccessequation.com. It's about your passion and your talent, right? And most of us stop there. But times A, power of association. Who's on your team? Who's your mentor? Do you have people on your team who are weak where you are strong or where you are weak, they are strong? Times A, taking action. So many times we know what we're supposed to do, but we just don't do it. And then the last element plus F, faith. Too many of us, that F is fear and holds us back. So that power of association and faith is where I help women step up, stand into their power, take that next step, find the association that's going to help them go to the next level. So passion plus talent, it's all about you, times association, it's all about your environment and who you're around, taking the right action and having faith. When you have the right people around you, the right associations, your self-confidence soars. So that's really the essence of what I'm doing. Far too many women-owned businesses make, only 4.2% make over a million dollars a year, whether you're in real estate or a regular business. I'm on a mission to make that go 10x. We got to get your women business owners up there to where they're generating more than a million a year. Yes, I love it. And so success generally, like you have success and all of that very full, wonderful definition that you were talking about. Yeah, not just money in the bank, but contribution, family, like feeling that every day you love what you see in the mirror. Would you say that that's the formula that you follow that has attributed to your success? Yeah, that is exactly what I live in my life. And I also, every one of my mentoring clients. That's where we start. And that's why it's so important. That's why I created a free resource, a guide on my at personalsuccessequation.com for people, a guide for helping you walk through your passion and your talents. All right. Your passion can be something you love or it can be something you're mad about. All right. My passion was the fact that we, I was angry. We weren't teaching kids about money. That 1992, December, I made the commitment the rest of my career was going to be on financial education and financial empowerment and giving people the tools to create financial confidence and on the way to financial freedom. If a lot of people are talking about financial freedom, well, let's be confident first. Let's be in control of our money instead of having our money control us. Yes. So every step of the way, you feel a little taller. You know, have those little wins. Love it. What advice do you have for a woman who's just starting out, starting out about to invest in real estate? What advice would you give? Well, it's one step at a time. Take a, you're going to learn a lot with your first deal, but make sure you also pay attention to who you're listening to. It's so important. There's so many people out there now that are doing online courses and mentoring. You need to make sure that the person, whoever you're listening to and learning from walks the talk and that they are there to support you. And don't hold back because that one step at a time. And the nice thing about residential real estate properties is that you own 100% of it. You get 100% of the appreciation, right? You only have to put 20% in, sometimes even less, and the bank gives you the money. And now when interest rates are so low, there's never been a better time to get out there and put your stake in the ground and say, okay, one property at a time. But make sure you're doing the due diligence. Don't do it alone. 
get involved in a mastermind related to real estate or a local group where you have resources and people to ask. Now, what do you wish you'd known at the beginning? You know, when you were just starting out and maybe you were at that first CPA job, what do you wish you'd known at the beginning that you now know? Well, I get that asked that question a lot. And I finally figured out how I really want to answer that because to think that way means to live in regret. And I refuse to live in regret. There's a lot of things in my life I wish I'd done differently, but then I wouldn't be who I am today. Yeah. And so there's a concept of the word worry. I happen to be a champion worrier. And I realize that when you, when you worry, you're wasting precious time today about something that happened yesterday or something that may or may not happen tomorrow. And so that's in the book, Thinking Grow for Women, I added a chapter called One Big Life. It's like, instead of worrying, um, catch yourself. Because when you worry, the definition of worry is to pray for what you do not want. Mm. Let me repeat that. To worry yeah. is to pray for what you don't want. You're concentrating on negative outcomes. And the law of attraction tells us what you think about, you bring about. So when I, I still worry, it's part of my nature. My mother was the queen of worry. And I catch myself now and go, okay, Sharon, instead of thinking about what I don't want to have happen, let's reprogram my mind. And let's focus on what I do want to have happen, because that changes your mental attitude. Instead of your brain being focused on negative outcomes, it's focused on positive. And it's really magical. Yeah. And so it's very important to, what are you feeding your mind? What are you feeding your brain? Are you focusing on negative or are you focusing on positive? And that was what, you know, the, earlier this year, I had, um, with this pandemic and so many people were just paralyzed in fear, I launched a daily motivational tip um, called my, Angela called, had me call it the daily ATM deposit, right? <laughs> Ab abundance tips and mentorship. And, and you know, I make it, it's like $8 a month because I want people to have that daily injection of positivity, thinking about it. And it's something that I think is so important to have that steady diet of positive injection every single day. Helping yeah. you see the world, see the opportunities. Too many of us have these blinders and we don't even recognize the opportunities that are right in front of us. And I want to blast those blinders away so people can create the best life and put themselves in the position of greatest potential. We are going to put in the show notes all of the links to access this. So what would you say is the best place that people can go to find out more about you and what you do? I invite you to join me on Instagram. It's Sharon Lecter, LinkedIn, Sharon Lecter. My author, Sharon Lecter, is my Facebook page. And I do weekly broadcasts. I have something a few years ago, I realized people were playing too small. So I launched the Play Big Movement as a private Facebook group, but we welcome all of you to join it. Because I do weekly broadcasts there every Thursday morning. And on Wednesday morning, I do a broadcast on my author, Sharon Lecter page continuing to try and add value and to make people think about things they can do in their life today to make tomorrow better. And so, yes, I'd say come to author Sharon Lecter, go to the Play Big Movement private Facebook group and follow me on Instagram because we're out there supporting people constantly. And if somebody has a specific question, they can reach out to info at SharonLecter.com, an email that comes to the office, info at SharonLecter.com, and visit my website. It's SharonLecter.com. 
<laughs> okay. S-H-A-R-O-N-L-E-C-H-T-E-R.com or on all the socials. Okay. So lastly, it is time now for our famed end of show Trinity, which is a brag, a gratitude, and a desire. What is one thing you're celebrating right now? What is your brag? During this pandemic, I've been busier than ever. And my brag is that I truly have been able to support people finding uh, the light at the end of the tunnel, right? And I go, instead of looking for the light at the, at the end of the tunnel, I want you to become the beacon of light and feel better about yourself. Be your own shining knight in white and in armor. So stand in your own power. And so my brag is that I'm really creating positivity for people in their lives. And a lot of us do that ATM thing, but it's also just offering very, very inexpensive classes to help people take control of their finances. So that's, I'm working harder than ever, but I feel so good about the fact that people's lives are being changed for the better. Yes. So well bragged. And what is one thing you are grateful for? Oh, I'm so grateful for my family and my friends, my associations who've come together to, you know, to really unite. And so I'm so grateful. My husband and I will celebrate 40 years of marriage in September. Okay. I, have, I have wonderful children and incredible grandchildren. So the only reason I have kids is to have grandchildren. So I'm so <laughs> grateful for my family and my beautiful grandchildren. And they make everything just joyful for me. Beautiful. And last but not least, what is one thing you desire? My desire is that I continue to have the health and the opportunity to positively impact the world around us. And it's something that every single day, so many of us as women, we judge ourselves by the roles we play, right? And I know I was, we put ourselves last, and I was very good at that. And so as I've gotten older, I, I share with people, be the best you. And I know if I'm a better Sharon, then I'm a better mother. I'm, I'm better in those roles that I play. And that's something, you know, I really want to focus on continuing to spread that word and also to get myself to the highest level of health possible. Mm. So shall your desires be or so much better than you can imagine under grace and in perfect ways. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, this is definitely one of my favorite all-time podcasts. <laughs> I loved, love, love, love connecting with you. So appreciate everything you shared today and over the years and through all of your writing and your courses and everything that you create and continue to create for us. So thank you again. Y'all, you can um, connect with SharonLector.com on Instagram, author Sharon Lecter on Facebook, um, play big movement on Facebook and, and then the other links that we'll share in the show notes, connect with me at reigoddesses.com to find out about our events and our trainings and our community of women who are crushing it in real estate investing. And definitely join us next time for another real estate investor goddesses podcast interview. Thank you. Thank you so much. Congratulations. Thanks. You have just listened to another episode of Real Estate Investor Goddesses, a show dedicated to sharing stories of women creating real wealth through real estate. If you found value on what you just heard, feel free to share with your friends. Visit us at reigoddesses.com to learn more about our programs and live events, as well as to access other resources. Until next time.